What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome in to a Monday edition of the Baseball Insiders. I am Adam Weiner, joined by Ian McMillan. Uh, again, on this beautiful Monday, uh, the Yankees don't have Aaron Judge. They stink now. Plenty of teams are good, though. That's the crazy thing about baseball. We've got underdogs that are still worth your time while the overdogs struggle. So Ian and I are going to break down some of the more surprising contenders that have persisted through mid-June. It's officially mid-June. We're well past Memorial Day. There are surprise contenders who made a big statement in April and in the opening weeks of the season who've somehow only gotten louder. There are a couple who managed to stick around and bring up some key pieces and get better over the last couple of weeks. And now all are rounding into form. We'll piece together who we do and do not believe in. Ian, thanks for joining me as always to sort through this mess. Yeah, not a problem. Happy to be here. I got my Blue Jays hat on with the Canadian uh, Maple Leaf uh, behind the Blue Jays logo because it's a great time to be a Canadian sports fan. Not only are the Blue Jays uh, relatively hot, uh, Canadian golfer won the Canadian Open for the first time since 1954 yesterday. So um, great time to be a Canadian sports fan. But of course, we are here to talk about baseball. So I'm excited to do just that. Did you have money on the Canadian golfer who won the Canadian Open? And follow up question, do you just put like a penny on a Canadian every year? So last year, I bet on only Canadians, and the Canadians were terrible. Like, none of them were even close to winning. I didn't win a single bet. So this year, I did the complete opposite, and I didn't bet on any Canadians. But I, the guy who won, Nick Taylor, I did bet on him to finish as the top Canadian. Uh, so I did win that bet. But no, I didn't bet on him to win the tournament. Well, if you want to test your luck and try to match Ian's medal, DraftKings is the place we've got for you today with a special promo. This is a limited time only promo. The code at sign up is right there in the corner. It is Baseball Insider. But DraftKings has updated and upgraded their sign up offer for you baseball fans for a limited time. If you are a new user and you have yet to sign up for DraftKings, you can receive $200 in bonus bets by following just three steps. Create an account, deposit, and then wager $5 or more on any sport. $5 is nothing. I do $5 in my sleep. I got $5 bets on the Arizona Diamondbacks, who we'll talk about later in the show, that I'm riding to a wave of $20 in my inbox probably by the end of the season. But if you want to get started and drop just $5 or more, whether your first wager wins or loses, you will still receive the $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. All you have to do is use the code BASEBALLINSIDER when you sign up and you got to be in a legal gambling state. The best part about using that code BASEBALLINSIDER right there at the bottom of the screen is it not only gets you the bonus, but it also supports the podcast. If you are considering signing up for DraftKings and you haven't yet, please use our code BASEBALLINSIDER to maximize your first bets, maximize things on our end too. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus, physically present in legal gambling states, Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. 
Now, as we roll through these underdogs to watch, I, I guess I'll try to discern whether he, you know, I, I guess we'll talk about you know whether you believed in them at the start of the year the same as the amount that you believe in them now. Uh, but we've got a lot of underdogs, and I, I had a few that stood out to me that are still hanging around the division races in mid-June, and you filled out some more, uh, which just goes to show you exactly how many underdogs we could be talking about in any given day, because there are plenty that are still making extreme noise. Obviously, a burner I no longer consider the Rays an underdog. They are... Uh, they do. They are a machine. They are a boss tweed at the turn of the you know twentieth century. Uh, all they do is they either win a, a moderate amount of games and and burn out in the first round of the playoffs, or they win a hundred whatever games and are a juggernaut. So I would say the the Rays are pretty considerably your favorite of the AL East at this point. But uh, Ian Robert uh, Murray and I have talked about the Pirates as the all vibes team for an extremely long time. April, they were 10 games over. They were winning that central. May, they crashed back to earth. They're hanging out around 500. Uh, and everyone's sort of saying, good job, good effort. Uh, but all of a sudden, they're way back over 500. And they're kind of threatening to take the Brewers' lunch. And the Brewers got swept this weekend by the Oakland A's, which is real. That did happen. Um, where are you on the Pittsburgh Pirates now that they withstood that first schedule punch and they fell out of central contention and are now kind of right back after it. Yeah. I'm still not a believer in the pirates to be completely honest. I know that's, that's not the fun answer. Uh, they are the all vibes team. I, I do hope that they continue this run and that they get into the playoffs. Cause that, that would be very fun. Uh, but I don't think their numbers kind of line up like some of the other surprising teams this year. And don't forget the pirates. I mean, a the other surprising teams, like nobody really expected them to be good, but I don't think nobody expected any of those teams to be as bad as they expected the Pirates to be. So uh, Pirates still, I mean, over the last 30 days, 20th in OPS. I'm just not quite as big of a believer in them. But you did mention they did get through a really tough part of their schedule because after kind of that first run where they were like one of the best teams or at least one of the best records in the National League, uh, they had one of the easiest schedules to date up till that point. Now they kind of got through that hard part of their schedule, and now they're kind of having to have an average schedule. They have the 11th easiest schedule uh, the rest of the way out uh, based on right now. So uh, they did get through that tough part of the schedule. They're hanging around. I'm still not quite convinced, though. I'm not 100% bought in on the, on the Pirates. I think they're still going to falter, um, but who knows? I could be wrong. Ethan is right, though, that there's maybe no more obvious upgrade than them having a tough time behind the plate and suddenly being able to add Henry Davis uh, and their other you know, top 100 catching prospects to the mix that they have two in the upper levels. Um, I think it is. It's just eternally funny that we're going to keep ping ponging Rich Hill around. Like as we get closer to the deadline, we're going to talk a lot about Rich Hill destinations. Then one week we're going to pull it back and say, hey, maybe the Pirates are actually going to run this thing all the way to the finish line. They're going to keep him, you know. 119 pitches to get through seven innings against the Mets over the weekend in a big win. Rich Hill kind of looks like a 43-year-old competitor. You, you'd rather keep him than keep the struggling Rowanzi Contreras in the rotation at this point. But then give me another three weeks, and I feel like I'm probably just going to be sending Rich Hill to the Dodgers again. Robert and I were talking about sending him to the Cardinals. Now the Cardinals are falling back off. The Pirates are in the, the catbird seat there in the division. I feel like Rich Hill's a Dodger at the deadline, though. Yeah, certainly. Now, it, it, I, I kind of want to bring up another NL Central team, if I can. You can. 
because I don't believe in the Pirates, but I do kind of believe in the Cincinnati Reds. And this is a team that's still, what, four games under 500, four mm-hmm. games back from the division lead from the Pirates. But I kind of like the Reds. Maybe it's just because I'm just getting seduced by their offense because their offense has actually been extremely good. Eighth in OPS over the last 30 days, sixth in batting average. Um, now their pitching has been terrible. They're, specifically, their, their rotation has not pitched well, which is kind of why they're where they're at in the division uh, but I just kind of want to ride a hot offense in the Cincinnati Reds in this bad um, NL Central. I see, obviously, a burner in the chat, but are the Reds locked to win the Central? Not a lock. Uh, they said, I've got five in it. I'll put five bucks on the Reds to win the NL Central. It's a bad division. They're a fun offense. Um, I Their bullpen's decent, slightly above bullpen, uh, uh, slightly above average in terms of bullpen ERA. If the rotation can just get something together, they can ride this hot offense into potentially an NL Central title. So out of the NL Central teams, I'm not as high on the Pirates, even though they're they're atop the division right now. I kind of like the Reds. I miss Nick Lodolo. I wish that he were uh, on this team. I wish Graham Ashcraft weren't one of the most mysterious 100-mile-an-hour cutter throwers in recent baseball history. It's got like a 70 RA. It's climbing up piece by piece. Um, and you're talking to somebody who on the baseball card market before this season invested pretty significantly in Ashcraft and decided to pass on James Outman. Huge dumbass. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I I mean, the Reds are, the Reds have something going. We talked about this last time, you know, Dilla Cruz, McLean have hit the ground running. There's been no adjustment period. I think most of major league baseball probably wants the Reds to fall off a little bit, give their fans a flash and then sell their bullpen pieces at the deadline. Alexis Diaz, whether the Reds are still in it at the deadline or not, they should probably sell Alexis Diaz. Um, Buck Farmer's been solid. Ian Jabu, uh, I know his name is Jabo, but it always makes me think of uh, the fish song, Got a Jabu, so I just say it wrong. Um, I think they've, the Reds have some bullpen pieces that they can maybe clear out and uh, continue to maybe maybe finish near 500 this year and still feel very good about their nucleus while loading up on other prospects for key areas of growth. And a uh, shout out to Andrew Abbott. I don't think the Reds have enough pitching, but I know that University of Virginia legend Andrew Abbott could not have possibly started his big league career better. And I'm sure he will be watching the Omahoos in the College World Series this week. Um, brief college baseball tangent. Maybe nothing better on earth than losing to Duke in game one of your super regional and then bludgeoning Duke to death in the next two games of your super regional. I believe it was 14, four and 12, three send Duke home feeling not good about themselves. Uh, Duke won the first game of that super regional and the winning hit was some guy named Luke storm. Uh, And so I tweeted it doesn't get lower than getting beaten by a Duke player named Luke storm. Can't imagine anything worse. And then that tweet was liked by Trevor Storm and Sean Storm. So I had a pretty bad Friday, but things turned around <laughs> by the end of the week. Yeah, I have no comment on college baseball. I will say one thing about uh, the Women's College World Series really quick. I tried to get cute and bet on Florida State in the final against uh, the powerhouse Oklahoma, and that did not go well for me. So um, that's all I have for college baseball slash softball. I do want to say one last quick thing about the Pirates, which I forgot to bring up. Uh, a reason why I'm not necessarily all bought in on them is they're second uh, right now in Major League Baseball in close game win percentage, uh, winning about two thirds of their one run games. 
generally, you can either look at that stat two ways. You can either look at that as a stat of a team is clutch and knows how to win close games. I lean more towards that's a little bit of a luck variable because, I mean, one-run baseball games can generally go one way or the other. And if you're winning two-thirds of your one-run baseball games, generally I find that you see a little bit of regression in that stat. And with regression in that stat, a little bit of regression in your record as, as the season goes on. So Cincinnati 12th, Pittsburgh second. I mean, winning two-thirds of your one-run baseball games is, I don't think, sustainable. If we're talking about winning one-run games, it, we got to transition immediately into the Miami Marlins. Yeah, who are first in that stat? Yes. Yeah, who are first in that stat and who started off the year 12-0 and in, in record-setting fashion in one-run games. They're all of a sudden... Uh, three up on a wild card, 37 and 29 in the year, have a guy chasing 400 on the roster. And yes, obviously a burner. I, I see you. The, the storms did rain on my parade. I, I don't want you to think I, I don't want you to think I don't see you. I don't uh-huh. want to talk. I don't want to talk about seeing you, but I don't want to think that I don't want you to think I don't see. Um, the Marlins are still at a minus 20 run differential expected win loss has them under 500, but in fact, they're eight games over. Uh, 16 and 16 on the road, barely one game over against 500 or better teams. A great rally yesterday really sent the White Sox home with their tail between their legs. But uh, this to me is not a wild card contender. I'm going to stand and applaud the Miami Marlins, but I, I don't think you're going to be seeing this team in the postseason. Although very telling that they went to the 60 game playoffs in 2020. Everybody sort of considered that a big step forward. Didn't do much in 21 or 22. This year, they would be in the 60-game playoffs again. But this season is 162 games. Yeah, Miami's offense has been hot lately, which has kind of helped the mode a little bit. They don't have the pitching that they had uh, last year in, in terms of the numbers. But yeah, I'm I'm not really sold on, on Miami at this point it's, either. It's a tough one just because you want to talk about people hoping the Reds fall off so that they can sell their bullpen pieces. Miami has so many interesting pieces uh jorge soler might be the most sought after slugger at this year's deadline and yes but as of now like i don't think if any team is going to look at the standings and ignore them entirely and just sell 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 it's probably the marlins but the rest of the world is hoping that they pull the trigger on a solar trade yeah for sure uh what do you think about uh the orioles who i don't i feel like nobody's talking about the orioles who are what second now in the competitive al east are they for real i mean i look at their numbers and i don't really know what to make of them they're not really fantastic in really any area they're but they're kind of good everywhere um and they're second in the best division in baseball is that sustainable i think it is i i think uh you know the story of the orioles is the story of gunner henderson uh, who was uh, you know the the number one prospect in the game of baseball entering the season lived up to the hype last year when they called him up didn't do much in April or May at the end of May his WRC plus on the season was 99 basically meaning roughly league average and I guess you can accept that and it's not like the Orioles were floundering with him being roughly league average he's been so hot since the end of May it's only June 12th He's gotten his season WRC plus up to 125 as of today, 25% above league average. All of that damage has been from the past under two weeks of red hot scorching baseball. And he hit a 462 foot home run yesterday to punctuate it. Um, If the Orioles are going to be able to get that level of performance or something approximating it from Henderson, they can afford regressions elsewhere on the roster. You know, Justin, you're right. The Orioles pitching certainly uh, is what the kids call mid. 
and I, I don't think I would believe in the this is this is year year one or year two if you're being generous about last year's Orioles team of many years down the line. This Orioles team is built to last. Um, I think they make the playoffs. I don't I don't foresee them getting out of. Uh, they may potentially advance through the wild card around into the DS. I don't, I don't I don't think they match up with the playoff behemoths very well. But I think that this is they're the second best team in the AL East to me. I will say one thing working against the Orioles is they hey, they have the toughest uh, remaining schedule left. Uh, obviously, that kind of adjusts as the weeks go on. But as of recording this right now, uh, it, they do have the toughest schedule remaining. So um, they don't exactly have an easy path the rest of the way. up. No, and and since I, I am going to give the people what they want, I will uh, put my, uh, you know, swallow my pride and read this paragraph about Aaron Hicks and the Orioles coaches working together uh, to remake his swing. Aaron Hicks, of course, since the Yankees DFA'd him, is 10 for 29 with a 472 OBP and a 1058 OPS. That is true. Here's what Aaron Hicks and the Orioles hitting coaches said during their uh, first meeting together. First meeting. Yankees had three years to crack this code. Couldn't do it. A lot of the technique that I used in my swing in 2018 is what they're trying to implement or try to get me to get back to, Hicks said. The O's hitting coaches described it as wanting Hicks to be in a more of an athletic position in his initial stance and when his stride foot lands. Hicks said to be more athletic, he wants to stand taller. By focusing on his posture more than his swing, Hicks feels his hands will have more space to work through the swing. Yep, that's true. The Yankees could not figure this out in three years. The Orioles watched one reel of film, said, we figured out your entire problem. And Hicks went, oh, all right, great. I'm going to hit you 350. Uh, so, yeah, just giving fan service. Everybody, I'm sure, wants to hear me read off the depressing Aaron Hicks quotes. There you go. I did it. Shame about the Yankees. It really is. It truly is. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some time to victory lap by the end of the podcast. Um, (laughs) Well, let's take it to the NL West real quick while we still talk through the underdogs. There's one sitting at around 500. That's the San Francisco giants, the team everybody laughed at when they did not get arson judge. And then they did get Carlos Correa, (laughs) but Carlos (laughs) Correa, (laughs) that's what I'm here for. I'm here to remind (laughs) you of arson judge. Uh, They do get Correa, but then, then they don't, he does not play for that team. And all of a sudden, that's a 500 team. Uh, you know, contributions from uh, unexpected places. Tyro Estrada is a 300 hitter with power. That's another former Yankee. Put that feather in your cap. Um, and then the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, who are leading this division by a significant margin. And who, again, I got at the over-under of 75 and a half games. Um, I feel very confident they're going to pass that. Do I feel confident they are going to fulfill my playoff bet? I'm not so sure. So, uh, I feel better about it now that they're 40 and 25 and leading the NL West than I did when I made the bet, but I'm not ready to call that a victory yet. Uh, where are you on the surprise teams that are squeezing the Dodgers right now in the NL West? I don't like the Giants at all. I don't have any faith in the Giants. I think the Giants are going to kind of fall off here as the season goes on. I do really like the Arizona Diamondbacks, though. Um, I will say they have a little bit of a tough schedule uh, the, the rest of the way out. I don't think they're going to win the division. The Dodgers have one of the easiest schedule schedules the rest of the way. Uh, strength of schedule, they have the fourth easiest uh, remaining. It's the Twins, Cubs, Braves, and then Dodgers in terms of easy schedules the rest of the way. So I do think the Dodgers will catch up to the Diamondbacks, but I think this Diamondbacks offense, especially because of the wild card race in the National League, isn't exactly a competitive one like the American League one is. Uh, I think they're... I think they're going to be slotted in there for a wild card spot, especially with how hot this offense is. Really been a top ten offense for the majority of the season. 
Uh, and if you look at the betting odds in terms of the latest betting odds right now, and I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook, and if you go sign up right now with promo code Baseball Insider, whatever the deal was that you said at the, at the top of the show, that's the deal you get if you use a promo. Um, Diamondbacks minus 265 now to make the MLB playoffs, to make the National League playoffs. So that is a um, that's pretty favorable. That's I'm really bad at converting odds to percentages, but that's like a. 75% chance, I want to say, ish of the Diamondbacks making the playoffs. So, yeah, I like the Diamondbacks. I don't like the Giants. Let me see if I can find the Giants odds here to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Plus 180, not nearly as good. Uh, about a 40% chance, 35% chance to make the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, Diamondbacks offense has been great. You're better at converting these odds and percentages than I am. I got the ad read. I'll cover you on the ad read. Uh, like Ian said, the code is right there. Baseball insiders, the DraftKings sign up offer we talked about earlier in the show. We'll talk about it again. Now, if you are a new user, you can receive $200 in bonus bets just by following three steps. One, create an account Two, deposit your money and then wager $5 or more on any sport. I guess step one technically is buy a phone or computer, but they leave that one out. Whether your first wager wins or loses, whether you want to get in on the Diamondbacks train now, or you'd rather take the plus odds with the Giants, you will still receive those $200 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code baseball insider when you sign up though. Again, I'd recommend if you want those bonus bets, maybe don't do a long-term over under at this point. Maybe don't do a make the playoffs. Just, just do a game. And if you lose it, you'll get the bonus bets. Uh, this offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus physically present in legal gambling States. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer. For some reason I've said legally gambling States like every single goddamn time I read that off. And today, I think I'm a perfect two for two in saying the word legal. Um, And uh, if the comment section wants to pop off and congratulate me, have at it. I will accept your congratulations. And I want to pat myself on the back. I got those conversions of odds to uh, probability almost dead on. Giants, 35. If you convert it from odds to probability, 35% chance to make the playoffs. Diamondbacks, 72.6% chance to make the playoffs. There we go. Uh, that that deserves a pat on the back, more so than than my victory lap for not saying legally gambling <laughs> states. Um, Corbin Carroll, by the way, paid before the season started. Congrats to the Diamondbacks because you have a 3.1 B-War player with 163 OPS plus, 19 stolen bags, ridiculous speed, 308 average, 389 OBP, 968 OPS this year. Not yet 23 years old. In the top six, in the NL All-Star voting that just dropped today for the outfield finalists. You know how good you have to be to be a Diamondback and to be in the top six of that voting, which is a popularity contest and always will be? That's The dude is nuts. Crazy. Insane. And uh, by uh, Graham Ashcraft, uh, maybe throwing money in the garbage, James Outman, an investment I missed on. I hit on Corbin Carroll. I got you some Corbin Carroll baseball cards, too. If anybody wants 2019 Bowman's Best Rookie Autos, my DMs are wide open. Boom. But not for free. Don't hit me up if you just want them for free. They <laughs> will be uh, sold to you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I'll give you the Aaron Judge victory up here. You can go ahead and take it. Uh, John Heyman had a column this week where he talked to an exec, uh, asked him about the Yankees without judge. And he said, bad without judge was the executive's three word text. The pitching is good. Very good. 
The random contributors on the offense have been great. Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney, Willie Calhoun. The problem is the veterans, the guys who are supposed to be performing well, Rizzo, LeMahieu, uh, and rookie Anthony Volpe, these are players who've been patently awful, and they've gotten worse since Judge has left. This team averages three runs per game. Uh, you want my take on the Yankees without Aaron Judge? It's not that the team is dregs. It's that the offense is garbage. Um, they're probably going to lose Judge for about a month. Uh, that they they refuse to put a timetable on it. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and put a timetable on it. I don't think he's back sooner than a month. I think the all-star game and all-star break is a fine target. Uh, I would have the Yankees right now. Uh, you asked me to factor this all in. I think they can tread water over the next month or so, be a couple of games under during that span and make a run at the third wild card. But do you feel the same way I do about their potential playoff futures? Yeah, here's the issue is that if you put the Yankees in any other division or even in the National League, they'd be fine. They'd be like a lock to make the playoffs. They probably even had a chance to win the division. But it's going to be tough to tread water for a month when when you're in the AL East uh, in a division that you're probably only going to get two wildcard teams because uh, with the AL West uh, having both the Rangers and the Astros, you know, whoever doesn't win that division is probably going to take a wildcard spot. So let's assume the Rays win the AL East. You got two wildcard spots between the Orioles, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees. And uh, they're only, what, a game or half a game up in the Blue Jays right now. So they need Judge back quick because you can't really afford to just tread water in the AL East. And then, of course, you have the Red Sox, who probably aren't going to be a playoff team. But, I mean, it's not like when you play against the Red Sox, you're just chalking up all those games as wins either. So, um, yeah, the Yankees are in a little bit of a tough spot. I can't really victory lap, though, too much because I did say at the start of the season – uh, that Aaron Judge was going to regress quite a bit this year, and he certainly did not do that. Uh, he's basically on the exact same pace he was last year, but uh, yeah, they stink without him, uh, which yeah. does bring me a little bit of joy. It does. Uh, Josh Donaldson returned the lineup, though. Uh, I mean, his batting average isn't great, but he's hitting home runs, uh, and it always does bring a little tear to my eye seeing Josh Donaldson in a uh, Yankees uniform. Obviously, uh, Blue Jay great while we had a run there for a couple years, but. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll always be happy when the Yankees lose. So um, I went to the Mets-Jays game last week or the week before, whenever it was the Jays played the Mets, and had a Yankees fan at a Mets game throw a ketchup-soaked French fry at me because I was cheering for the Blue Jays. So just gives you a little indication about what that Yankees fan base is all about. It's just despicable. Makes you feel a little better, though, after you had to dodge the ketchup-soaked French fry, just to know that the guy did put his fingers on a ketchup-soaked French fry. It's one of those where it's kind of like, you got got too. You know that, right? Like, yeah, that's a fair point. He did hit me. He was, he was behind me, so I didn't. I didn't get a chance to dodge it. It was the back shoulder, um, right on the T of Bichette, my Bo Bichette jersey. But uh, it did wash out, so we're all good. And the Jays won the game, so I'm I'm fine. Yeah, it's just a little bit of a dumbass move. Like when you pick up a big hunk of mud, and you're like, oh, now I have mud on me. Oh well, right. I guess I'll throw it anyway. <laughs> like it's pretty gross. Also, it's a Yankees fan getting mad at a game that doesn't even involve his team. So. No, and, and I guess by proxy, you're rooting. Like, the Yankee fan is rooting for the Mets, I guess, right. in that instance. So, yeah, yeah. Who, so, who knows? That's my uh, latest experience with the Yankees fan base. So I will always cheer when they lose. I hope Judge is out for the rest of the season. Obviously, it's not going to happen. I'm sure he'll get back in time that it's going to be close whether or not they make the playoffs. I'm going to say no. I think it's going to be the Orioles and the Jays, the two wildcard teams out of the AL East. But um, it's, it's probably going to come down to the wire for whatever team makes it in or doesn't make it in right at the end of the season. 
Yeah, I don't begrudge you for saying no. I, I'm I'm pretty close to a no myself. Uh, and yeah, the Red Sox not a pushover. Like they're they're a relentlessly 500 team so far this year. They went on an eight game winning streak, pulled seven over, and then went right back down to 500. But they drill the baseball during certain stretches. You might get them during a stretch when Yoshida's hitting 430 and Turner's hitting and Casas is hitting and Enrique Hernandez hit this weekend against the, like they scored seven runs in a three game set at Yankee stadium. I doubt that'll be the same when the two teams link up at Fenway next weekend, it could get ugly. Yeah. Justin Aaron judge did choose the Yankees lineup over San Diego's. It's true. Um, but he can watch historically bad performances with runners in scoring position, no matter which of those teams he chose. So good for him. Uh, I will say from the betting odds, Yankees still minus 255, so pretty overwhelming favorites to make the playoffs. But Orioles, Yankees, Astros, and Jays are all favored to make the playoffs, so that doesn't necessarily make sense. Uh, the Orioles have the uh, longest of, of the odds of those teams. So the, the sports books seem to think it might be the Orioles that are the odd man out when it's all said and done. Yeah, that's a weird one. That feels like a little Yankees bias baked in there. I, yes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I would, Yankees I would, bias better. Yes, I mean it, it, the odds are for the most part set by where the money's being placed. So you're always going to get a lot of money bet on the Yankees. Yeah, stupid. You guys are fools. Uh, you never learn anything. Uh, I'll give you one last chance uh, to victory lap a little bit as well, uh, because you did have an exciting Blue Jays victory yesterday. Uh, Kevin Biggio went yard in the eighth inning overcoming a a 6-1 deficit, I believe, to go beat the Twins. Uh, But I think the most important part of this game was starting pitcher Kevin Gossman, who struggled yesterday, was quoted about the way he handled the eighth inning rally. He said he cracked a rally beer before the eighth inning started, but then before Biggio's homer, he cracked another one. Now, that wasn't very long. Two batters reached base before Biggio's homer is he saying he chugged a rally beer over the course of two batters, or is he just trying to time the pops of the cans to maximize the rally? Cause I tell you, I've done something that insane before. I've definitely been like, Ooh, got to tap this pen. Like, so I don't know if he's saying he chugged a beer in two ABs with the pitch clock, or if he's just saying, I got to pop another can open, but either way, good job by him. I will always congratulate a pitcher on making sure, uh, uh, superstitions come to fruition. Yeah, I have a lot of questions about this. Uh, are, you're allowed to drink beers in the dugout? Like, is is that a thing players can do? AJ Przinsky went on the Full Count podcast this week and said Mar- that pitchers used to drink all the time during his career and that Mark Burley was drunk on an off day during the World Series and then was called in to relieve drunk and did it. Uh, so I can't corroborate that from firsthand experience, but AJ Przinsky says, 05 to 2010 they're starting pitchers who weren't starting they're drinking most of the time i guess gossman relaxing in the clubhouse after doing his job but two beers in a three batter spans it's a lot of beers uh, it depends uh are they light beer i'm assuming they're not craft beer uh i'm assuming they're not ipas are they tall boys or are they just normal sized uh i, I need more information um about this beer chugging but hey um He's an honorary Canadian. He's based on his performances alone, and now he can chug some beers. Uh, I love it. I loved it. I loved it too. I, I, you know, not loving the win where we're jockeying for the horse race for a playoff spot, but I do love the rally beers. Shout out to Kevin Gosman. I do have a question about rallying in general because I've been to a fair amount of baseball games since I moved to New York. Is the rally cap a dead tradition, or do like people just not do it as much, or maybe I'm just not seeing it? I love the rally cap. And when I'm at 
Blue Jays games or even games where it's not a Blue Jays game, but it's the team I'm betting on is losing and it's getting late in the game, I put on the rally cap and I never see anyone else putting on the rally cap. Is that a dying tradition? No, you're right. I, I don't know. I wonder if it's like the less people are playing Little League, the less it's translating to to big league fandom. And also hats now paying like $48 in tax for a fitted. Like, I don't think I'm going to flip my, you know, I got an old Yankee hat that I can flip inside out and play around with, but I bought that brand new, you know, City Connect or something new. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to flip a fitted inside out. Hey, if, if it's going to help my Blue Jays come back, I'm going to do it. That's why I'm coming up with alternate rally cries like the ra- rally beers I can get down with. I could if I have to pop two in a short span, I will. Yeah, but I mean, I'll, I'll drink rally beers. My team's up. I'll be like, oh, we're winning. I got to keep the good vibes going. I'll chug two beers this inning and then they're losing. I'm like, oh, we got a rally. I'll chug two rally beers. So <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter what the score is. No, I'll be drinking Sometimes, some rally beers. Yeah, sometimes I'll do, I'll do two craft beers to kind of forget why I'm having such an unfun time watching my <laughs> baseball team. Yeah, and then it, uh, yeah, then it all sort of, then it all sort of just goes down the drain. Well, hopefully none of y'all are drinking. It's four o'clock Eastern on a Monday right now, but that's when you catch baseball insiders. You can catch us again, three thirty Eastern on Thursday. We will be right back after it, uh, and then Robert coming back from vacation next week. And again, I promised a guest. Promise still holds true. We got a big, fun MLB guest. That interview will air next week. Uh, ooh, is it somebody Adam likes, or is it somebody on a team Adam doesn't like? Very interesting. Ooh. Uh, ooh, little little hint there. Well, we'll see if I'm able to keep myself together while having a very fun conversation with a nice man. Um, but that is still on. You should still have that content next week, as well as a new live episode. But Ian, you'll be back joining me on Thursday, I believe, right? Yes, and I'll also actually be uh, live tomorrow as well because it's myself and Peter Dewey talking uh, some betting. So the betting insider version of the Baseball Insiders tomorrow at, I believe, 11 a.m. Eastern. We are talking, uh, what's it called? Subway Series, Mm -hmm. Yankees-Mets, a little battle in New York for the two-game series uh, this week. So 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow for that as well. Yeah, get your tokens ready. Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander trying to earn that dough as mercenaries in the Subway Series. Well, we see everybody back here tomorrow for that, and I'll be back here on Thursday at 3.30 Eastern with Ian by my side to talk the rest of the week in baseball. Until then, you can find us on all podcast platforms, the audio version, anywhere you want it, plus live on YouTube and archived on YouTube. We thank everybody for watching along, commenting along with us, and we'll see everybody twice more for the rest of the week. Thanks for joining me, man.